Getting ready to record. Got a recording going. Time for the intro. Let's get this show going. Oh, oh, oh. Any hoozle, intro us, or I do the voice. <laughs> Welcome back to Dice and Salt. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. And I'm not panicking or anything, because I don't want Richter to do the voice. <laughs> I mean, um, we're here this week with episode 155, I Spy. Well, it's just I Spy, but the, the thing would be I Spy with my little eye. And you know, this, Which makes sense. this episode is the only podcast made by hand. Yeah, we we really do need to get Matt some gloves or something. Yeah, so many paper cuts, he said, so many. <laughs> I, I got to wonder how they're doing digital recording by hand, but knowing knowing them, they're, they're managing. I'm sure they have it figured out. I mean, you got to push a button with a finger, right? That is true. And to, to click to click things in Roll20 with hands, like it, it is all handmade. That's Matt right. has to edit it with his hands. With clicks, which are driven by his hand. Yeah. One so hopes that's the only part of his body he's using to click mouse buttons. <laughs> I use my forehead. You just bang it on the slam. keyboard. Bam, 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 bam. bam. Yeah. Takes you forever to type anything. I use I use my nose to type. That's right. I want to point out that on the Discord, mm -hmm. links can be found at inspiredincompetence.com. That's right, they can. Nick, who <laughs> plays Utrid, said that he created Lord Richter Power Dice. And here in this, I want to, I, I want to, I want to episode ask you, how exactly did he create something that's got your name on it? I look, all I'm saying is that's what the man <laughs> says. Okay, the man says I created Lord Richter Powerdice, LR Powerdice. I created him. That's what he wrote. Okay, great. That's what you wrote. And then he says in his, he's a, you know, luck is just opportunity, or where skill meets opportunity, or whatever he says. I make my own luck. Okay, you make your own luck, and you make Lord Richter's Power Dice. So now, folks, after all this time, definitively, we've settled forever who's actually responsible for Thelias' death. And it's, it's Alex. Nick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because he created the LR Power Dice, so he's the killer of Thelias. Mm. He's the one that gave Alex the power. He gave Alex the and power. He gave he, on the power. He actually tried to throw it off onto me, you know, way back but it's all been him this whole time. Thank you, Nick. I'm glad you finally owned up to what you did. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're headed down the Western hallway. Yep. And they're, they do a little, they do some prepping or they're talking about prepping because right, they're talking about making Joe big. Yeah. Which would be weird. Cause like, I think Alex complains either last episode or this episode that the hallways aren't exactly two squares wide. They're like one and a half. Well, well they're they're two quarter. squares wide, but <laughs> when they're laid out on the map, because they're obviously running at angles or something, they're not running with the grids in any way, shape, or form. So it's, you know. Honestly, I wouldn't. It's it's a piezo map. The squares are inconsistently sized. Uh, that's true. Like I've 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 pulled maps from other piezo APs, and the squares are if you overlay an actual grid and match it to a square on like the top left-hand corner 
they'll be off by the time you get to the bottom right. Oh, okay. Like, Paizo does not have consistent square sizes even on their own maps. Oh, well, that's too bad. Yeah, it, it is. Because, like, when you try to, like, recreate maps, you're like, how many squares is this supposed to be versus how many is it actually? <laughs> gotcha. Well, uh, that's too bad. I don't I don't like that kind of sloppiness. Yeah, they're just, I like it when it's a little it, better. It I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. They put out a lot of products. And in all those products, you're going to make mistakes. Mistakes are going to make it through and get published. It's going to happen. Sure. But but this is a consistent thing, like for, for like all yep. six books of Jade Regent. Yep, it was consistently the squares are not the same size. Well, right, and it's in uh, to that consistency. It's consistent in every single AP that there are problems with the maps, that there are yes. problems with which you know the, monster the, stats and other things where they're the, not calculating the wording, them for you, or they are calculating for you. Sure. You got to check to see whether they are and stuff that. You know, known problem, right. folks. Known problem. You should have fixed this. Right. With with the monster stats or with, like, wording and stuff, I get how that can sometimes slip by editors. But when you're designing a map to be printed, you can make just a grid, like a perfect grid. My drawing program on my iPad will do that for me. There's I, there, I, there, shouldn't, there should be no excuse for that. Like, I, I can forgive some of the typos and and bad stat blocks that happens it slips by they're doing all of that you know every for different for every book but making maps should not be i i agree consistent i agree it's something you should get hammered down because it is a a visual aid so it's in a graphic an image which means everybody can see it and you know i mean come on you look at the companies that sh- that came before, and Paizo is a direct descendant of TSR. And, you know, their maps were good. I mean, they had consistent maps. I mean, yeah, they weren't as fancy as these are, but they had consistent maps. I don't understand why they have the problems that they have with them. And, you know, honestly, I don't saying, oh, it's a Paizo product. That just says, okay, it's slop. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, just it just sloppy. shouldn't be. It just shouldn't be. I'm not saying that I don't exactly. like playing them. I'm not saying I can't live with that error. Just that, you know, that's you're absolutely right. That's a visual thing. It should be polished up. Those things should be spot on. They absolutely should. Yep. They get the pretty pictures spot on, for God's sakes. Yeah. The big, the well, some of the early stuff is not so good. <laughs> I mean, if you go to the very first Rise of the Rune Lord AP and you look up the printed picture for Ameko, and then you look at the one they reprinted in Jade Regent. Um, <laughs> Wait, Ameko? You mean like the it, Mako shark? No, Ameko. Ameko Kaijitsu. Mako Kaijitsu. I'm not familiar with uh, that. I, at all. I, I will. I will send you an image. You so that she's from Sandpoint. I don't. I. I never played that part of it. Ah, here it is. Okay. There was one other thing that I want to mention early on here because it happened early in the episode. Alex gives us the name of the creature that attacked them in episode 154, Treehouse of Horrors. It was called a rawhead. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, okay. So I'm going to put in a pause break here for a second. Five minutes later. Um, okay. Anyway. So jumping back, jumping back, jumping back. Uh, I'm talking about... Oh, we're um, headed down the western hallway. With the hallway. Yeah. So this is the third or fourth time we've mentioned we're going down the western hallway. I think we're going down the western hallway. I think we are. We're going down the western hallway. 
Tom stops us all. Our genius stops us yep. all, and he goes, hey, why don't I use Arcane Eye? Oh, sweet. Yep. It's a really good choice. Too. It, it is. Like, it's, a, it's excellent. And before we get into what that does for them, I just want to say, last episode, we had, both of us kind of had a feeling that it was a, an offbeat episode, right? It's, it, right? it wasn't the standard fare, if you will. It was a little odd. And and I admit... I had, I had one problem with it, but... Yeah, yeah. Yes. But I mean, <laughs> as a whole, there were some other little things in there that made it a little odd. It was a little... Uh, it felt a little like the guys were off their game. And I know I've been, I've mentioned throughout this AP, even before we uh, started doing the podcast, I was just impressed about how much the guys were on their game. So that felt like an off episode. But Tom busts out Arcane Eye. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, the whole rest of this dungeon is like pros. I yeah. mean, they're just... No, they did boom, so boom, boom, good. Boom, oh, I mean, just... Yeah. If you're a game master, you got to be proud that your players tackled the remainder of it the way they did. I, oh, you just have to be because they breeze through it. They, they handle it. It's, you know, there now it's not to say there's probably still some surprises, you know, as they get everything. I'm sure they've still got to clear things out yep, too, yep. but they handled the big thing that they were asked to do by God. I can't remember her name. What's her name? Mariana. How can you forget the simulacrum no, no, of no, Tarbafon? No, 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 no. The, oh, the, Kalazar. the thing. Kalazar. Yeah. They handle the thing, you know, the big thing that Kalazar asked them to do. Which was find me. And, yeah. After you've rested, find me. <laughs> yeah, they, they did that, which was good. And they did some other some other really good things, you know, right around there, but we'll get to it. But the searching of the dungeon, I think, is always really, really good, right? Because that are that arc, you know, having a, a, you know, that layout of and the knowledge of, hey, this is what's coming up, let's prep for it, is so good. Like my my players have done that, you know, consistently. You know, once they had that that ability. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. I was I was really impressed. I what to me was comical on the sweep was that, and and I love that there were like carvings of the history of Zapotle, and then there's right. the you know he he the hits statues. various rooms, and then there's that flooded library thing, mm -hmm. and you know then we come all the way back around because they start one direction and then do, 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 do. and i think they even stopped yep. doing the western hallway i think they end up starting north maybe but yeah he only goes west until he hits like what was should have been like the main entrance and then yep just goes north so we all the way around to come back around mm -hmm. but in all that you know checking it out checking it out checking it out and when the guys get there our genus tom is looking at it and going yeah whatever 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 and then in some things it's like what library what the you know yeah. why didn't you tell us it was there but they go all yeah. they they're right next to Calaz where Calazar is located, and then they go the long <laughs> way around to get to her, which was hysterical. I love it. And yeah. and they even went past her in that they found some other room that had some shadow cats or negative energy cats in it, but like you know yep. big cats. Yeah, and they're like let's let's avoid those. Which well turned out to first be it was let's decision. take them out because we're going to have to take them out anyway. And let's do it before we right. meet Kalazar. And just like, come on, you know those things are going to be Kalazar's pets or allies. Don't let's not do this. Yeah. And and Joe's like, ah, let's just get Kalazar on board and then we'll go fight him. You know, let's yeah. go do I this. I thought he was wanting to do it so that they'd have an extra party member to that's, fight the thing. That's what I thought the uh, the pitch was too. I figured it was maybe one thing they could get tangled up in and have an extra body to help them. That's what I thought. But you know, yep. this episode turned out to be Joe's episode. Very much so. Because when they get to Kalazar and she says, you know, you're ready. Yep. And she whistles and the three cats boom, 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 come running in and, you yeah. know, follow Kalazar to the portal through, through the portal. Yeah. Right I, I, I love that. I right there. I as it turns out, 
Alex reveals it's written into the damn AP that yeah, the, I, the cats are oh. bonded to Kalazar. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, if he had just made that up to go with what Joe said, I would have loved it just as much. Right. It just was, it was a fantastic moment. It was a great little gag. Yeah. And it, it could have gone horribly wrong if they just attacked it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure yep. Kalazar would have come running. Absolutely. I mean, who knows how that would have made her an gone. enemy. Yeah. 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 I mean, we don't have but. Tia Blith. I'm tired of talking. Kill them all. So probably we might have talked out of that fight. But, you know, no true. guarantees. That's true. But I, I did like the description of the portal they ended up finding. And I know they found other stuff before. Well, they found the dragon here. sword along the way. They found the dragon sword along the way. They find the portal after the dragon sword, oh. if I remember correctly. Yeah, we can go over the, the stuff afterwards, yep, I think. Yeah, we can put that off. But, but yeah, no, I... The portal was really neat because, like, it's a, it's a portal open to the negative energy plane yes the void pathfinder calls just, it the yeah. void which I, I i looked up because i i had to do some research for the, a different campaign there's actually people living in it like there are protected areas which is cool well you can certainly have that i mean they've had that mm -hmm. consistently like in the plane of fire right but like i there even in like the i think the positive energy plane there's beings living there but i don't think there's anything there's anywhere safe i think there are actually like I, I really hesitate to call them safe but like places that you could survive in the negative energy plane without like just straight up dying yeah they you know they they've had those pocket i'm going to call them pockets they've had those pocket areas in all the planes uh consistently mm -hmm. throughout the history of the game and I, you know, they come up with whatever reason they come up with why they're there. The point is, you know, it, it, you got to have it. Otherwise, it's kind of like, how am I even going to adventure there? Right. You know, you got to have something that gives you a break from the, the plane itself a lot of times. But True. it's still super cool. Kind of like um, Alex and his plan for if the uh, regatta ship had gone under. Was it the regatta ship or was it something else? Something would have dragged them into the plane of water. Oh, is that the, that is that, the, that's the, uh adventure they've done at the two cons yes that they did that version of it yeah yeah no super under. cool yeah su totally super yeah. cool if you do manage to see them live which i think they do it once a year at fan fest uh yeah, fan i'm trying to remember which one they they did do one no they, live they did it in, in fan fest and then they did it in a university the, the university yeah they got invited yes. yeah a paid gig even cool yeah, that's cool. Or an honorarium, but, yeah. whatever it was. I don't I don't remember. They they received <laughs> money for it. Now whether it was actually a paid gig or an honorarium for their appearance, I don't know. But yeah, but, no, yeah, it's no I... just like that. And it's uh, you know, they got a pocket of something that we can we can survive in so we can have some adventures and I don't gotta worry about that everyone's gotta have a, you know, ring of swimming and cloak of the manta ray or bottle yeah, of air like or whatever it is. Yeah, there were ways to survive, which is which I thought was fun, but yeah, so like it's they're just they're in this room and like it's you know like absolutely freezing because the I, I don't know if the portal itself is emanating cold and or cold is coming through, but it's like brutally cold around this thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, it, you know, it's sucking the life force out of you. So, and that's kind of that that'll do it. That's kind of associated with being cold. Fair enough. Just like Fair when enough. we last episode when we talked about the positive material plane which i forget what they call it in uh in en energy plane not material i'm sorry I, again <laughs> the name i use there is from the old old text um, oh so okay that's fine then so it was the I negative material plane the positive material plane and then you had a bunch of or you'd have the prime material plane but you could also have a bunch uh. of alternate prime material planes so 
you might not end up back on your prime material plane, but you would be on a prime material plane. So you, you just skip around to alternate universes? You absolutely could, yes. You absolutely 100% huh. could. Neat. Yeah, no, they... Uh, so so old D&D was sliders. Got it. Yeah, you could play it that way, yes. <laughs> Certainly could. I, I think that would be a really fun fun concept. I, you know, they, the way if they... You, you know, if you do it right. Yeah, the way they had it, uh, it was easy to do with the, uh, the I want to say, uh, ethereal plane and the astral plane. Mm-hmm. They, those really facilitated that idea that you could get back to the to a prime material plane, but it might not be your prime material plane. You know, it wasn't something that they like put out there as like, hey, do it this way all the time. It just was it. Op- they had that door open. Yeah. Which was cool. So you could end up in you could end up where it's nothing at all like your world other than, you know, because there's not the same kings, kingdoms, et cetera, et cetera. Or you could end up in some kind of, you know, just slightly, different. just slightly different. Yeah. So they had it. You could, you know, <laughs> it could it, it they had it open pretty cleverly. Yeah. But that's uh, cool. Uh, so, yeah. So I yeah. apologize. The uh, positive energy no, no, plane no, in Pathfinder. If, yeah. If like if that's what you're used to. <laughs> yeah, that is what I'm used to. But the uh, the way it was associated, we talked about this last episode, associated with heat and, uh, you know, sort of fire and burning. The uh, mm-hmm. the negative is associated with the, the cold. Cold, dark. and Yeah. Well, you know, the, the cold yeah. of death, right? Yes. Or, or undeath. Or undeath. Yeah. Well, you're still dead flesh. You're just moving. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, so they, they end up they ended up needing to all make a use magic device check to close the portal and Alex commented that it was Well uh, first rare. first Kalazar went through to the other side. Right. And she was working she the them. other side at the same time they were working this side. So they make their checks. Mm-hmm. Oh and yes, and Alex's comment. Yeah, because he commented that he hadn't really seen a group so invested in use magic device before. Yeah. Where none of them had to roll to assist, and Uhtred's UMD was like really high bonus. I think he ended up getting like a thirty-eight or something. Yeah, there was some big high. rolls. It was almost forty, but yeah, but they they definitely uh, they pulled it off without really any problems. Like they just closed the portal. <laughs> yeah, it went pretty smooth, and Alex did a great job describing it as like you're you're grabbing these tendrils or threads of power, mm-hmm, negative which I thought was really cool power, you know, out of you know, kind of out of the air, and 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 then just like, oh no, I got to untangle that. Nope, nope, that get that goes over here, and sort of sort that all out, and then it just went away, closed up. Yep. Um, <laughs> what it reminded me of when you when you made that description was. Spider-Man Two, the with with Doc Ock. Oh, okay, yeah, before, yeah. Before before he went evil, he was like working on an actual like physics project. Um, I sent you a GIF where he's like pushing and pulling at the you know the the bits of the fusion, essentially a star, and he's like pushing all the little threads back in to try and keep it contained. That's oh, just yeah. what it made me think of. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, they we should we should definitely go back and look at the the horde, which was cool. They had a lot of good stuff. Yeah, the the Dragon Horde was a nice hit because it's all, oh, look, it's an unguard. You know, it's just treasure sitting there. It's not. It, it, I mean, I guess it was unguarded, but that's only because they already killed the dragon. Well, right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, you know, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm just talking about by the time they got to it the next day, it's unguarded, right? They've already destroyed right. its guardian. So it's it's not mm-hmm. that it's that. But yeah. And I remember after the end of it, Joe's like, hey, can we go look at other rooms, you know, find some more hordes just sitting there? <laughs> yeah. 
It um, was it was some interesting stuff. There were arachnid goggles. Yeah, which give you 360 sight, yep, which so is cool. You can't be flanked anymore. Mm-mm, there was a chime of opening. Which, which sounded useful at oh, first. Oh, it sounded and then so like, good. And then he read the second yeah, paragraph. Yeah, 10 uses. Like, wah, wah, wah. I, I don't remember the old school one. I'm going to I'm gonna actually take a second here and, and pull the book. So y- this is a spot oh. you may edit. Sure, sure. I got the old, old book here. How old? Uh, the original DMG. Circa the original, 1979. Good lord. Yeah. So let me, uh, let me see if I can find that chime of opening. Because I thought I remembered it was pretty damn useful. Ah, uh, yes. In the original, the chime has 20 to 80, 20 plus a D6 times 10 charges before it will crack and become useless. That's a lot of charges. Yeah. Well, then that makes it much more useful for the things that it, you know, like right. in the example, it, if it's chained, padlock, locked, and wizard lock, it'll take four or five soundings of the chime of opening <laughs> to open it. Yeah. It's like, hey, you can blow half of the use of this thing on one item. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and in this one, it was like, no, nah, no, nah, you can do that a couple times before you're out. Yeah. What else was there? Oh, okay, so the Ring of Sustenance, we all know what that does. The Rod of Negation, giving you that greater dispel magic only against mm-hmm. targeted items. Right. The, there was a Summon Slave Crystal that allows you to inhabit a summoned creature's body and take it and basically do what you want with it, which all I could think was, here's Teobliss Death 2.0. <laughs> yeah. There was a bunch of gold. A bunch of coins. Which they kind of, well, yeah, which they kind of auto-converted to gold. Yep, yep, yep. I got that. Except maybe the platinum. I don't know. I, I assume the platinum was not, but maybe they do anyway. And then... I, I think he just said everyone could add gold to their sheet. That is what he said, isn't it? I bet they're they're auto-converting all of it. Yeah. I bet you're right. I bet you're right on that. All right. And then there was Copper Dragon Hide Full Plate, mm-hmm. which had a moderate acid resist, which right. I think has to almost be plus one armor to add that increase in resistance because i know the dragon hide by itself will give you a, a base resistance but i think in order to get it up to something other than just the very basic resistance i think you have to have an enhancement bonus i think yes i believe so yeah i don't it doesn't come with one or initially i think if you pay the you know the the 75 percent cost to upgrade the resistance i think that counts as an enhancement and it should come with like a at least be plus one at that point yeah so it'd have to be plus one before you could even do that other because it's the The, uh the other thing this this set of armor does is it draws the ire of dragons yeah that regardless of that amazingly wasn't mentioned whatsoever yeah because uh, if you wear this and meet a dragon, regardless of whatever dragon you meet, it's like, hey, you're wearing the skin of my people. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, you know, you're like good dragons aren't don't look at it and go, oh, that's red dragon armor you're wearing. You're fine. They're like, that's no, icky. That's yeah. It'd be like a gnome coming up covered in elf skin. <laughs> I think it'd be funny if a dragon comes in wearing human hide armor. Just, just and he's like, just what? It's my human hide. So much, so much human skin stitched together. Good God. Oh, yeah. That, you know, that part, get, I, you know, that gets gross. I was doing it more for the, uh, not the actual, hey, let's figure out how many thousand people it requires uh, to uh, provide him with uh, 
<laughs> solid leather armor there. See, now I want to do the math. Oh, my God. You're so gross. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it does. It totally draws the ire of dragons, which, you know. Yeah. Was not a consideration but... for the crew at all. No. It was not. I mean, but how likely are they to, to meet another dragon? They've only had two, two so far. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I have always uh, steered clear of the dragon hide stuff just because it's. I don't need a dragon to instantly decide I'm dead meat. I, I don't think it instantly decides that you're going to die unless it's like just evil, right? And then it's like, oh well, just fuck you then. No, I think I, I think it, it just is puts be- them in a. I think it is instant dead meat because think about it. If you if any creature you encountered your your pathfinder your character and they say, oh, he's wearing human skins, you'd slaughter him. You wouldn't want to hear, oh, no, but I'm a paladin of whatchamacallit, and these were evil humans. You wouldn't care. That's not really where I was going with it, but also yes. All right. Well, where were you going? Well, like, if, you, if you're if you wearing the skin of a red dragon, right, an evil dragon, and you come across a gold dragon, which is a good dragon, it's probably not going to be friendly to you, but I don't think it would slaughter you outright. Like, you're going to have to really get on its good side to, to overcome the fact that you're wearing dragon hide armor. I think that it would be much more unfriendly than you imagine. Right. Like, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I, I think because it's a good creature, it might give you a chance to open your mouth. But I think just the slightest slip up and to be, that's good enough for me. Bam! Right. Dead person. Because what right. kind of savage monster would wear? Where's the skin of an intelligent creature? It, there you go. Well, yeah. you know, intelligent or not, that's you know, skin of my people. You said so. Yeah. And I mean, I, the thing is, it, honestly, if the roles were reversed, we'd consider you know, if we encountered anything wearing human hide, we'd consider <laughs> that you know, just ugh, and the worst well, kind mean, of vile, and we'd want to take that person out. It would take a lot of work or the somehow the right setup to get us not to attack them right on site. Yeah. Because we'd be I like, mean, they have to be evil. I mean, I guess, that's, you know, that's kind of what you assume when you find books that are bound in human hide. Right. Human skin. Right. Yeah, you don't think like, of, oh, this is just as yeah. an example, you don't think of some of the cultures on Earth where preserving that isn't considered a bad thing. Because mm-hmm. there's a few uh, cultures, island cultures, where they'll keep the skin of their ancestors. I don't know how long they keep it, but they they keep it. And, right. you know, that's considered good. But, you know, that's skinning a person. So it's, uh, you know, pretty much everybody else says, nah, not cool. But you right. only have a couple, or, you know, a few cultures that might do something like that. So it's, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, we, we know what the human default setting is, is, is my point. <laughs> yeah, stab. That's gross. That's evil. Stab. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, you're right. Um, although technically the, the description does say the ire of the same type of dragon. Does it really say the ire of the same type? Like somehow a gold dragon be like, oh, you're wearing silver hide. Well, good yeah, for you, says, human. Yeah, dragon hide plate. The wearer of dragon hide plate tends to draw the ire of dragons of the same type as that used the armor's creation. Wow. Yeah. I still think other dragons would be less willing to deal with you. Yeah, I think that's actually the correct interpretation because I think it, yeah. you know, I think that is the. I mean, dragons don't put on dragon hide armor of any kind. Right. So, and I mean, if you want to talk about doubling up on protection, I mean, they could, they could certainly do that, but they would never ever do that so right. yeah so 
I think, you know, maybe it is instant death from the same type of dragon. And then, like, the evil ones would probably just be like, mm, don't care, kill you anyway. The good ones, I think, would be extremely hard to do anything with. Like, they might not kill you outright, but they're not going to deal with you, right? Yeah, and, they're, and they might just be looking for the excuse, an excuse to uh, gotcha. Right, because they're good and they probably see you as evil. So, in their mind, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and and we got to the end and, you know, closed mm-hmm. the portal. And Tom goes, why the heck are we bringing Mariana here? <laughs> Tom obviously yeah. hasn't been listening to the podcast. hasn't been listening to the podcast uh, the past few episodes. <laughs> it's, it's fair. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's to, to not re... They're not trying to, to bring the Kamara tree back to life. They're basically trying to grow a new one. Yeah, that was what was expressed. It, yes. is, it was grow a replacement somehow. So I don't know. I'm not sure what that looks like. I'm not sure if it's... I, I couldn't even begin to, to imagine what that's going to entail. I assume she's going to stick her hand in chests. Mm-hmm. I I could see it I being can... something like... <laughs> she pulls the O-balls out and, or, or you know a piece of the O-balls out and uses it as a seed or something. And then somehow that seed quickly overtakes the dead tree, the quote-unquote dead tree. And somehow that assumption, I don't think it's going to bring the whole tree back to life. I think she's going to take like a cutting of it and bring that back to life and then grow a whole new tree. Yeah, but they got to they got to remove the Kamaro tree from where it's at right now. They don't have to. I was. uh, Have you seen uh, that point? But I I I had I have to share this with you. I had a horrible, hilarious thought. I had heard you giggling. I'm sorry. I I stayed on my thought because I wasn't sure if I should break for the giggle or not. No, it's fine. It's stupid and probably just as evil as the dragon hide armor. Um, she has to put her hand on the O-ball, right? But she needs all of them, all four. So I just imagined her with <laughs> a hand in each chest and a foot in each chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> now, I was expecting her to do a, like the general Grievous thing, and this is where we, we you know, the the fact that she's a simulacrum of Tarbafon, you know, These leaps to the forefront. Like a fine addition to my collection. Uh, no, the, remember the <laughs> arms look like just two arms, and then they broke into oh, four yeah, arms. Yeah, yeah, that's that is true. Too. And I mean the number four arms, not four arms, as in the four part of your arm. <laughs> yes, that that was what I was seeing when you said that, and she needs four. But your your feet one is is quite humorous. I just it was like, oh, she's got gloves and slippers on. <laughs> they just happen to be PCs. <laughs> oh God! I got a pair of Uhtred slippers. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I told you it was as bad as the armor. <laughs> my 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 Joe Carey pants. <laughs> Gotta pull up my Joe Carey pants. <laughs> I've got my Uhtred undies. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh God! My and my and my little Valbar cap because he's a gnome. There's not a lot of them, folks. I think that's a good place to call it. What do you think? <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> All right, with that perverse shopping trip, I think uh, it's going to do it for us this week. You can find us and the players on the Inspired Incompetence Discord. Links can be found at inspiredincompetence.com. I'm Lady Toast, and I'm Lord Richter, and I need help. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Okay, okay. I'm going to...
put in a pause break here for a second. Not actually pausing, just I'm, I'm going to send you these pictures. Yeah, no problem, no problem. You'll this. edit it out. I got you. Yeah, 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 you have to see this. Okay, this is the image they printed in Jade Region, book one. That is the main character or main NPC that you're going to be traveling with, right? Okay. It's a good picture. It's a good one. This, this is the image they printed in Rise of the Rune Lords, book one. Same character. What? Oh my god, that's horrid. I know, it's bad. It is really bad. I get that that was book one and it was oh, the very first Amico. thing they published. Yes. I yeah. I, for some reason, when I heard you saying it, I kept I, what I caught was Mako. Oh yeah, no, Amako. Amako. Amiko. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's the image they printed the first time. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't it look is. like it's Paizo branded at all. No. And and it's it's admittedly, so I think bad. a lot of the Paizo art is very much three uh, five art. It's that same style. I mean, it makes perfect sense. They were. At the time, I think they were part of the same. They were part of the same company. Uh, well, yeah. Except for the last year, um, when they were doing like when they did Rise of the Rune Lords and some of the uh, some of their other things. Uh, when mm-hmm. they were doing, they were handling the Dungeon and Dragon magazines in their final years of actual publication as a publication. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's what they ended up with, you know, later on. I mean, obviously, you know, as time goes by, they get better and they fix things. Well, they Which, get they get new art. You know, you get new art. Yeah. You do more. You you do more stuff. I mean, if you go back and look at art from the early days of TSR, although admittedly some of it's really cool, some of it's also really bad, pretty pretty lame. But I mean, you know, and yeah. and then you get I into just, the I just... <laughs> uh, Elmore. I forget what it is. There's four big artists, and they when you get into that period in TSR's art, it's like you know, ha, you know, they're, yeah. they're just they were just gods at the art stuff you know they were doing full-on paintings for the uh, you know for cover art and stuff like that i mean you know it, it's it's super cool and it's looks yeah. amazing and yeah you know it's not stylized just, or cartoony it's it's right you know, it's a whole different deal but okay I cool just, i couldn't let i couldn't let this go since we were talking about paizo inconsistencies nope nope like i gotcha this <laughs> It's so bad. Yeah, no, no, picture. it totally is. It totally is. 